Good morning, Winners Church. Welcome to Winners Worship Express. I'm so excited to be with you today, this last Sunday of July. Hasn't it been an awesome summer already? Haven't you enjoyed yourself? Well, I hope you have, because I know I have, and I still will continue to enjoy myself. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your people. I thank you for this Sunday worship experience. I thank you for this time in your presence. We value this time. We need this time with you, with each other, and in your word. I bless you, and I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're going to deposit into us today. In Jesus' name, amen. And you there, say amen. <laughs> um, listen, today I want to talk to you about upping your happiness. Yes, we are living in a season of happiness, a season of joy. And it's not a season of happiness and a season of joy because it's summertime and the weather is good. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about something in the natural. I'm talking about something in the spiritual. We're living in what I call the golden age of grace. This is what theologians call the dispensation of grace. Jesus put it this way when he was in the temple talking about what he's anointed to do. He ended with this statement about what he's, what he's anointed to do. And he said, and I'm coming from the Amplified Classic, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna read that again. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. So we're living in the time, in the day, in the season of God's favor. And I want you to know that God's favor is towards you. God's favor is not just towards you. Watch this. It's towards your family members, even the ones you don't like. <laughs> it's towards your coworkers. It's towards your neighbors. In fact, it's towards the whole world. Hallelujah. This dispensation of grace is not just for Christians. It's for the entire world. The Bible says that God has reconciled the world to himself. You know what that word reconcile means? It means restored to favor. So the favor of God is towards the whole world. That's why Paul says we can't boast about our salvation. It is the gift of God, and we are saved by grace through faith. And so guess what? That grace, that favor, favor is flowing profusely. It's not just a little bit. Now, do you know what the word profuse means? Watch this definition. It means to a great degree in large amounts. To a great degree in large amounts. So God's favor towards you, towards me, is in large amount. In other words, there's a whole bunch of favor that God has to us. I call it crazy favor. Amen. An abundance of favor. Glory be to God. Matter of fact, that's what Paul said in um, Romans. He said that we have received the gift of righteousness and an abundance of favor, the abundance of grace. Hallelujah. So we have a lot of grace towards us, a lot of mercy. Amen. That's why Paul said grace 
and peace be multiplied to you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he would end his epistles with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Paul was grace crazy. He was grace conscious. He understood that we were living in the day, in the time of God's for profuse favors, his free favors, the day of salvation. You know, there's a thing that we quote in church all the time in the kingdom of God, no matter the difference what your denomination is, you've heard it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That comes from Psalm 118. And some of you may know this, some of you may not know this, but David was actually talking about the day of salvation, the actual season, talking about actually the time we're living in now that we are going to rejoice in this day. And so let me tell you something. You should be so happy because this is the day, the day of salvation, the day of God's favor. Um, Jesus said to some religious people, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad in it. Whoa, come on, somebody. I felt that. What happened? He, re he saw it and was glad in it. Isn't it interesting that the day of salvation, the day of grace, the disposition of grace is connected to joy? So yes, we have to up our happiness. It's time out for sad Christians. It's time out for depressed saints. Now, I know people go through stuff. I know people have um, situations that they're dealing with. But guess what? That doesn't out pace or outweigh the actual season that you're living in. And I dare say that some of us are being stolen from through wrong theology, hallelujah, through wrong teaching, through wrong mindsets. I mean, let me let you know something. Satan is not just attacking the world, he's attacking the church. And he's not attacking the church so obviously. He's a seducer, he's seductive. You gotta you, you remember that about him. Look how we got into this mess already. He seduced Eve, all right? He deceived her, the Bible says. And so you can't allow yourself to be deceived by what I call wrong theology. So number one, if you're going to up your happiness, you have to up your theology. Now, I know I don't use that word a lot. That's powerful. You have to up your what? Your theology. Now, what does the word theology mean? Let me teach you something. The word theology is defined as the study of the nature of God and religious belief. The study of the nature of God and religious belief. So when I say up your theology, I'm saying up your view of God, up your religious beliefs. There are some people who believe that God is mean and that God is crass. And if you believe that, you're going to be mean and you're going to be crass. All right. There are some people who believe that God is in a bad mood constantly. And if you believe that, you're going to be in a bad mood constantly. Some people feel that God has an attitude. If you believe that God has an attitude, then you're going to have an attitude. And it's going to affect how you relate to him, how you relate to yourself, and how you relate to others. Yes, wrong theology will affect how you relate to him, how you relate to yourself, and how you relate to others. You have to see God is in a good mood all the time. You have to understand that God is outside of time and space. Yes, he's in the affairs of men, 
but he is outside of time and space. His atmosphere where he lives in heaven is an atmosphere of joy, an atmosphere of peace. There's no um, disturbance in heaven. There's no mess in heaven. There's no trials and tribulations in heaven. There's no activity of the devil in heaven. It's perfect paradise. Come on, somebody. And so you have to understand, that's what Jesus said to pray. He said, pray this, your kingdom come. And what's the next thing? You know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God always intended for earth to reflect heaven. But we had an interruption. Hallelujah. But thank God for redemption through Jesus Christ. So I want you to change your view. This is why the, this is there's a scripture that some of you know, and people use it a lot for spiritual warfare, but it really is talking about how you think about God. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and casting down what? Imaginations that come against the knowledge of God or what you know about God. So Satan is always on an assault for you to have a wrong view of God. And you can't be like that. Now, there's some people that go off the deep end. Remember Eli's sons? They're standing at the temple and they're thinking, yo, we're gonna have sex with these people. We're gonna take these, take these um, sacrifices they're bringing. We're gonna do what we wanna do with it. They were in total violation. And God was like, nah, I'm done with you. Bam, they were out <laughs> because their father would not correct them. Their father did not deal with them, and God judged their father too. How dare you? So God's not some soft guy that you can just think you're going to violate his principles, violate his kingdom, violate his people, and you're going to get away with it. No, it don't, it don't work that way. The Bible says, behold, ha, the goodness and the severity of God. There is a severe part of God, but guess what? You don't have to have that part of God. And God's not looking to give you that part. The Bible said the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So I'm trying to tell you, don't try to play God, but don't come thinking that God is some mean org. Because he's not. He is love. The Bible says God is what? Love. But he's not a punk. <laughs> so that would give you a good balance of the Lord. Amen? But our job as his sons and daughters is to focus on his love. Think about it. Parents, you have a good and you have a severe part. Hopefully you have a balance like that. And your ch you don't want your children into your severe part, looking at you scared. Oh, thinking that you're going to hit them every time, they, every time they come near you. That's not good. And I know most of you, if not all of you, you're not into that. You're like, no, I want us to have a good relationship. I want you to love me. I want to love you. I want us to have a good time. But you establish, hopefully, with your children, I'm not to be played with. <laughs> That's how I am. Everybody knows. Pastor Maurice is fun. I love kids. Kids love me. Listen, when I have kids, my kids are going to have a blast. But they're going to know. <laughs> I can throw these hands. <laughs> You ain't going to disrespect me. You ain't going to even try to hit me. Yo, okay, side journey. I do not know how parents allow their kids to hit them. Now, I know more, most of you who are watching this, that ain't happening, <laughs> if not all of you. But I've seen it. I, I hurt. I'm just like, what? Or curse at your parent. What? Nah, nah, nah. You're going to need, you're going to get these hands. <laughs> all right? <laughs> 
So there's a respect and an honor that you expect from your children and a respect and an honor that we need to have towards the Lord. That's called the fear of the Lord. However, that cannot be your total focus. There's some denominations, some church groups. Everything is about holiness. Everything is about fear of the Lord. And it makes people lopsided and weird. And, it's, and, and that's not how God is. God is holy. We know that. He has creatures telling him, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who wasn't, isn't, is to come on 24-7. But says they rest not day or night saying that. But at the same time, the Bible says God is love. God is good. God is gracious. God cares about you. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have a smile on your face. God is in a good mood. When you wake up, God is looking at you and excited about you waking up. Yo, look at you, Maurice. Whoa, wake up, man. He's not like, oh, there go Maurice. He woke up again. <laughs> God is not like that. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for being a good God. Thank you, Father, for being a good God. All right, we're up in our happiness. So not only are we up in our theology, number two, we're going to up, up your time with Jesus. Oh, my Lord, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yesterday, I was washing clothes late at night. I was wanting to get that out the way. <laughs> and um, I was just with the Lord going over my notes for today a little bit. And I was just, you know, worshiping the Lord, standing there while my clothes are drying. And um, I was singing to the Lord. And when I went back upstairs, it was really late, but I felt in my heart, and you're going to laugh, to have to play Tamla Mann's song, Take Me to the King. Now, you guys know I criticized that song because it's, it's, you know, what, I, what, what, I, what I've said. Like, I love Tamala Man, but I don't like this take me to the king. We're already with the king. We're seeing the heavenly places. Okay, great. I still believe that. However, I knew there was something in the song the Lord wanted me to experience. And so I put the song on, looked fun on YouTube, and, man, I began just to weep and weep and weep. And I had an experience with Jesus. I began to worship. I began to be in the moment. Because I understood the song, even though there's some bad theology in it, the concept, the, 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 um, the, the goal of the song is to bring people closer to Jesus. And the Lord showed me that and said, I want you to enjoy this experience. You know? Because I can say something is not right theologically, but I know how to move with the Spirit. I knew in my spirit, Lord was saying, I want you to put this song on. I want you to have this experience before you go to bed. And it was beautiful. And there's so many different moments you're going to have with Jesus. You're going to have your regular devotional, read your Bible, you know, your one-year Bible type of thing, and, you know, your regular prayer time or your prayer group. But you're going to have those other intimate moments where Lord said, put this song on. I want you to sing this song. You know, there have been times... <laughs> And I, and I know this happens to you because we're all Christians. Like, this happens constantly to me. I'll wake up with a song in my spirit. Like, the, the Holy Spirit is giving me a song that the Lord wants me to sing to him. Amen. And I, and I do it. And I spend my time with the Jesus. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I, I, I ignore it. I get on social media. I've done that. And you've probably done the same thing. But I want to encourage you. Don't do that. That's disrespectful and dishonorable to the Lord. The Lord is giving you a song. Sing that song. Put it on. And, and worship the Lord. Spend time with Jesus. 
you know, the Bible says that Peter and Paul, Peter and um, John, the Bible says that they saw their boldness and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They said they were unlearned men and they saw the boldness. So evidently, Jesus' ministry was a ministry of boldness. Jesus' ministry was a ministry that showed strength. But another part of Jesus' ministry is joy. And so if you're with Jesus, you're going to be ecstatic. You're going to be happy. If you're not joyful, I doubt that you've really been with Jesus. Because the Bible says in the, presence of, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. Now, you may have had a religious experience, but have you really been with Jesus? Have you let him touch your heart? Have you touched his heart? Come on, somebody. Now, watch this. This is what it says. This is what, now, this is uh, interesting. Um, this is God the Father, as, as recorded in the book of Hebrews by Paul, speaking to Jesus. So somehow, Paul had a revelation from the scriptures, of course, and, 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 and is going outside of time into eternity. And we get a glimpse into this, into this uh, coronation the Father gives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. Because comparison, how the God didn't make his angels his son. Watch this. He said, but to the son, talking about Jesus Christ, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God. Woo! That's some deep theology right there. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. He's anointed you with the oil of gladness. Sometimes they said the oil of joy. So right now, the Lord Jesus Christ is in a human body, flesh and bone body. His blood is on the mercy seat. So there's no blood, but a flesh and bone body. A bone body. He is the life-giving spirit, the Bible says. And the Bible says that the oil of joy is on him. That means that Jesus is super happy. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And if you're spending time with Jesus, you also should be what? Super happy. And watch this. I'm going a little deeper. The Bible says, as he is, so are you in this world. So if the oil of joy is on Jesus, the oil of joy is on you. Come on. The Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is what? Joy. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 22 and 23. It starts with the fruit of the Spirit is love. And then after that, it says joy. Come on. So a manifestation of walking in the Spirit, being with the Lord, walking with God is joy. So up in your happiness is not just something, oh, Pastor Maurice wants you to do. Oh, no, this is the season of joy. Joy is in your spirit. Joy is upon you. When you think, spend time with Jesus, joy rubs off on you. So everybody in the kingdom should be happy and hilarious. What? Everybody in the kingdom should be what? Happy and hilarious. Now listen, some people in the world are melancholy, and they want their melancholiness to come on you. Guess what? Ain't no melancholy coming on me. I ain't having it. And many times people who may not understand this, who have some level of social anxiety or depression, sometimes they're drawn to me because they're enjoying my life. And if you're a joyful person, you'll draw that too. Now, that's good 
to a certain degree because we're there to minister to them and to help them come out of it. But you can't have that all the time. If they're not changing, say, yo, I love you. I'm going to spend some time with you, but I can't be with you all the time. Why? Because you don't want the joy of the Lord, I guess. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm trying to be strong. I can't be with your melancholy, sad, depressed, not wanting to smile self. Hello, somebody. <laughs> so either you're going to get with Jesus, get some joy, imitate me, look at my example, or we're going to have to have some less time together. Now, I'm, I, I'm not saying reject people who are down. They need people to lift them up. But they need the Lord more so to lift them up. The Bible says he's the lifter up of our heads. Come on. Hallelujah. And so they can get something from you, but they can't get everything from you. They have to be with Jesus. And I want to encourage you. Don't let these bills, don't let your, your um, responsibilities get you away from Jesus because your joy will decrease. Come on. Hallelujah. I, I was at a particular person's house um, just the other day. And I said to her, I said, I, you, you look really happy. I said, you know, I'm always watching you. She said, I know. And I said, your, your, your level of joy since I've, these last few times I've seen you seems high. She said, yeah. And she told me that it was on purpose. She said, because I, I started noticing that I was not in a good place. And she said, I had to tell myself, you got to speak to yourself, that girl, you have to get into a better space. And she took the steps to get herself in the better space. She, she has a lot of responsibility. She has children. She has a husband. And she was like, listen, I can't give myself over to my husband, to my children, and, and all the other things that I have to do and, and be down. She said, one of the things she said, she said, I was in my head a lot. And some of you, 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 you get in your head a lot. And getting your head a lot can mess you up. Now, it's important to think and to be a critical thinker, but if you're in your head all the time, it's going to mess you up, and you're going to be sad, you're going to be depressed, you're going to be frustrated, and you can't be in your head. You have to be in the presence of the Lord. You have to live out of your spirit. You have to say, Jesus, what's up, man? Glory to God. You got to just stand in your house and shout, hallelujah. You say, Lord, Man, there's a lot of responsibility, a lot of stuff going on. I got bills to pay. I'm frustrated with this, frustrated with that. This kid is acting crazy. You say, but guess what? I give you praise. I give you praise. Give the Lord praise. Give the Lord glory. Matter of fact, right now where you're at, go ahead and give him praise. Go ahead, go ahead. Lift your voice. Lift your hands and begin to praise the Lord. Jesus, we praise you. Father, we glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you for the joy. Thank you for the peace. Thank you for the happiness. <laughs> Come on. Begin to praise your God. He's so good, and he's there. Listen, you got angels surrounding you. Everybody has a personal angel walking with them. I, I wonder if your angel's looking, like, looking at you crazy, like, yo, what is wrong with you? Come on. Are the angels rejoicing in your presence? Oh, you never thought about that, did you? Are the angels smiling in your presence, or they're looking like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> I know I gotta be here, Lord, at your command, but I don't wanna be here with this person. <laughs> I was gonna say fool, but I didn't say it. <laughs> well, actually, I just did, but nah. Are the angels rejoicing in your presence? When they look at you, are they happy? Do they see a praiser of their God? Do they see you appreciating your salvation, your your day of grace that you're living in? 
Do they see you ecstatic? Come on. Come on. The watchers are watching you. Yeah, angels are called watchers. They're watching you. And your attitude, your disposition matters. The more you spend time with Jesus, the greater your level of joy will be. Amen? All right. Number three. Up your hope. Hope is intrinsically tied to joy. There's no such thing as having hope and not having joy. And there's, and there's no such thing as having joy and not having hope. They're tied together. It's like the water with the wet. <laughs> you got water, you get wet. You can't have water and not have wet. You can't have wet and not have water. <laughs> Simple as that, all right? And so joy and hope are intrinsically tied together. Look at something the Apostle Paul said um, in Romans 15. It's a blessing he's speaking over the church at Rome. And he says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Oh, I like that. May the God of hope fill you with what? All joy. Now, it's interesting when I've read the scripture many times, I've quoted it many times, but I never really caught the all joy. I just saw joy. All joy. You know, all joy means there's different kinds of joy. There's joy in your marriage relationship, joy in parenting, joy in your work life, joy in ministry, joy with your friends, joy with your parents, whatever. There's all kinds of joy. And he wants God to fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You can't separate your faith from this. That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the world wants to snatch your hope from you, snatch your expectation of good from you. But you have to say, nope, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be happy. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to believe something good is going to happen to me today. And when you do that, you're going to be filled with hope and joy. Amen? And, and, and yeah, you should say that constantly. Something good is going to happen to me today. And matter of fact, you can go a step further, like Joyce Meyer say, says, and say, something good is going to happen through me today. Come on. Yeah, we, we, we can say both of those things. Something's going to happen to me today, and something good is going to happen through me today. That's beautiful. Write this down. When you get your hopes up, you get your joy up. When you get your hopes up, you get your joy up. Hope, write this definition down, is the expectation of good. It's a looking forward to tomorrow. It's a belief that all is well. Do you believe that all is well? I know I do. I believe all is Even if it doesn't look well, I believe that as well. And I believe that I have the authority to change the circumstance. Now, I know some people teach, listen, um, you may not change the circumstance, but you need to change. And, and I get that. In other words, you cannot be a person who is wishy-washy in your character or wishy-washy in your emotions. You have to be solid and you, and you have to be able to deal with stuff. Like Paul says, I can do or I can literally endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, that's true. But there's another side to it where you take your authority and you begin to bend reality to where you want it. 
That's what we have. The Bible says we're masters in life. The Bible says we reign in life through Jesus Christ. When you reign, that means that you begin to say things and things begin to obey your command. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe that, but I believe it and I've seen it happen. Matter of fact, one of the things I say all the time, and I've said this before, I'm going to tell you, um, I say I'm always in the right place at the right time experiencing the favor of God. I'm always in the right place at the right time experiencing the favor of God. You know how I really, and I have my affirmations that I say over my life. And, um, <laughs> but sometimes I'll be in moments when I don't have my affirmations in front of my face where I'm experiencing something frustrated. So sometimes it's the silliest thing. So I live in an apartment building, beautiful co-op, Rochdale Village, holler, the Ville, the Dale. <laughs> <laughs> the jewel of Jamaica. Come on, somebody. It ain't the projects. Not that I'm against the projects. <laughs> but it's a, it's a Mitchell Alamo co-op. It's a great place. And um, But the elevators, oh my goodness. People coming, so many people. And we have two elevators in each section. And sometimes when I'm in a rush, I want to get somewhere, somebody's on the elevator. I'm like, oh my goodness. Why does this always happen to me? And the Lord caught me several times, like, you want to keep saying that? And every time I would get frustrated, I, I, I said, no. I'm always in the right place at the right time, experiencing the favor of God. Or if some other kind of situation happens and I see frustration coming, I said, oh, I'm always. So you, so you gotta catch yourself and train yourself to be positive and to believe for the right thing. Cause you can like be a positive preacher and then be negative on the outside. No, 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 I, I killed that noise. I, I'm, I'm killing it, cause sometimes I'm still <laughs> a little. <laughs> and I say, and I say, I'm always in the right place at the right time. Expressing God. And let me tell you something: it is working. It is working in big ways and small ways. Okay, so watch this. Let me tell you how it worked in a small way. I was at Trader Joe's, and um, I asked one of our members to take me. Okay, so I don't usually do that, but this person took me, and so we're there shopping. They get some stuff too that I, that I paid for. All right. And so um, they get some stuff. And so um, there's this jar at Trader Joe's that they made uh, some new, and I'm not into these um, spreads, but this one looked good. You know, the nice packaging. It was a pineapple spread, but it has real pineapples. You know, Trader Joe's plug. And I, I usually like will use it one time, but this thing was so good. I like I was I finished it. So I went back there, and I was like. I looked in the section where it was, and they had peach there. Like, okay, I don't want peach. I want the pineapple one. And so I asked the worker, I said, oh, do you have the pineapple thing? She says, no, um, if it's not this, here you look, it's not even there. The tag was gone. And um, she said, sometimes they change, sometimes this. I was like, oh, okay. I said, I, I know they have it. So I was like, well, whatever. It wasn't there. So I online, I'm online, and um, I'm about to check out. All of a sudden, the girl runs up and says, oh, I found one. I said, what? And the, the person for, the, for our church was like, whoa. I said, this happens to me all the time. And she said, no, I, there was just one left. I said, one left, so it was good? She says, no, no, this is good. It was just in a, a certain section. There was only one left. And she ran and gave it to me. And I told the person in my church, this happens to me all the time. I thanked her and I, everybody was, she was really excited. And I said, I'm always in the right place at the right time, experiencing the favor of God. Take that from me. I was with some a couple, and they said, oh, we're going to use that. You better use it. It's going to change your reality, change your circumstances, because your words have power. 
death and life or the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And the more you speak positive, the more you speak good things of your life, it's going to come to pass. I always say, I never run out of money. And guess what? I don't. I don't. That's my constant confession. I never run out of money. Money comes to me frequently, speedily, and easily. Even if it looks like it's about to run out, boom, it shows up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Not just because I'm confessing it. That's the main part. But also because I'm giving. Come on, you got to give. Matter of fact, give right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm excited, guys. You can see that, right? I'm a little, little, little drunk in the spirit. <laughs> David said this in Psalm 146.5. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happiness and hope are intrinsically tied together. Amen. The last point, fourth and final point. Stop living in deferment. And this is critical. Listen very carefully. It is time for you to get what you want out of life. Proverbs 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Listen, we have enough saints with sick hearts. We have enough people downcast and depressed. We don't need no more. And one of the ways to get out of that is to do the three things I've told you already. Up your theology, up your hope, and up your time with Jesus. But also, stop living in deferment. In other words, stop putting off your joy. Stop putting off your pleasure. You want something? Get it. You want to do something? Do it. You want to experience something? Experience it. And when you do, you're going to up your happiness. You're going to go, your, your joy level is going to go through the roof. When desire comes, it's a tree of life. You bloom, you blossom. You see a tree with all the fruit in it. Everyone's like, oh, look at that, that's beautiful. When people look at your life, they say, oh, that's beautiful. Or they say, ah, they're still struggling. Life was never meant to be a struggle. I don't know what your favorite preacher is telling you, or but this pastor, this man of God, is telling you life was never meant to be a struggle. And so y'all need to get out that mind frame and stop living in deferment and enjoy your life. Oh, I, I work hard. I got to pay these bills. Yo, work diligently. Pay your bills. Yo, make it rain. But enjoy your life at the same time. Go to the beach. Go to a restaurant. Make your favorite meal. Do something that you enjoy. Buy, just <laughs> my says, buy the shoes and eat the cookie. <laughs> I remember I told you recently, the Lord said, and you need to enjoy your life more. And then I did a sermon called, Don't Waste Your Life, Enjoy It. Go back on the YouTube videos and check it out. And you'll see it. Don't waste your life, enjoy it. Great message. It's going to bless you. A beautiful example of this is King Solomon. I've talked about him before, but we're going to end with him. And you know that after David passed away, he became the king of Israel. And um, he was the richest king that ever lived because he was so humble and he asked God 
for wisdom to, 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 um, to lead these people, to govern these people. God was so deeply moved by his request. And he also offered him a thousand um, bulls, I believe. And, and the Lord was blessed by that offering. And he said, listen, you haven't done what other kings have done. They always ask me for riches, honor, life. You haven't done that. You've asked me for wisdom, something for the people. You weren't self-centered. You weren't selfish. Because of that, I'm going to give you not only riches, the wisdom you asked for, but I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for, riches, honor, life. And he said, there's going to be no one richer than you when I get finished with you. Amazing. Because of the purity of his request. Now watch this. If you read the story in 1 Kings, you'll see that King Solomon lived in great luxury. He lived in what we call the lap of luxury. And he describes, you can see a lot of description of what happened, what he did, but he kind of puts how he lived in a, in a, in a capsule form in the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, in this chapter, it's really talking about the vanity of pleasure, but it still brings, so, so some people look at it, oh, see, he was saying that it's all grasping for the wind. Not really. He's explaining how his life was. So now watch this. It's Ecclesiastes 2. It's a little long, but I want you to pay attention. He said, I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. In other words, he was paid. Remember, this is an agricultural society. There was no Bitcoin at this time. <laughs> I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers and delights of the sons of men. In other words, I was into entertainment and musical instruments of all kinds. Now, remember, he wasn't just inviting these people as guests for a little party and then they went home. No, they were in his um, home. They were in his kingdom. They were in his palace on the reg. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward from all my labor. In other words, I worked hard and I played hard. Holla! <laughs> Come on, somebody. And so Solomon did not defer pleasure. That's what I'm gonna say. Oh, no, 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 Pastor Reese. Come on, come on. People, you say this, people are gonna. I'm not talking about sin. We're past sin. Come on, stop. Even Paul said, you don't keep laying the same foundations of repentance from dead works. You should know I'm not talking about sin. You should know already that I'm not talking about uh, uh, being an adulterer, cheating on your spouse. 
you know, going to the girly bar. You should know I'm not talking about watching porn or taking some coke. <laughs> Stop. You should know that already. I'm talking about within righteousness, enjoying your life. Come on, somebody. Not being so caught up into the world system in the rat race. Not deferring, oh, I'll go on vacations when I retire at 65. Please, that's not life. Jesus didn't expect you to kill yourself for 65, 70 years, and then for the last 10, 20, okay, you travel a little bit, have fun with the grandkids. No, come on. That's silliness. That's the foolishness. That's the world system. That's not you. The kingdom is so much bigger than that. One day the Lord said this to me, and I'm, and I'm about to be finished. He said, and I'll explore this some other time. Life is to be lived, not looked at. Let me back up on that one. <laughs> Life is to be what? Lived and not looked at. The Lord said that to me. I heard his voice. So we're looking at everybody else going on vacation. Everybody's in the Bahamas. You go. Don't be looking at Pastor Marie's always going to California. You go. Don't, don't look at your cousin always going to the beach and having a good time. You go to the beach. Don't look at people on social media and say, oh, I wish I could do that. You do it. Enjoy your life. And your joy, your happiness will go up. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys. Wasn't that an awesome word? Come on. Rejoice in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm talking about every Sunday, we're bringing this. We're coming in hot. <laughs> Indy Mineo, check it out. Oh, <laughs> I'm happy, man. You can't preach this, this message and not be happy. I'm really happy. Um, uh, I want you guys to give. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, and so I want you to give. I want you to give generously. Uh, we can't do this without your money. Every week we're doing this. We're paying a lot of money to get it done, but it's your generosity that's making it happen. So this word can keep coming to you, but not only to you, to the people of this world. By now, you've already gotten the email that we're only going to be on YouTube because I realized there's no real reason for us to be on Facebook Live when everybody can be on YouTube. So we're concentrating on one platform for right now, and we're expecting us to reach more people with our focus on YouTube. We're going to advertise, we're going to do whatever we need to do to let people know we got this good word here and you need to come and get some. And so your giving helps us to keep going. And I want to, to, to remind you that we're also, um, and we probably should do some videos. I always keep saying that. We haven't done it yet. But mind you that we support Mission of Hope Haiti. And so your money is going to feed kids, to educate children every single month without fail. We also give to a, a, a ministry in, um, um, based in India that helps um, traffic kids. We waited for a long time and looked and, and searched because the Lord told me, I want you to support something from India. He told me that. And so I waited and obeyed him. I don't know why. I don't have necessarily an interest in India, but it doesn't make a difference. We just obey Jesus. Ah, come on, somebody. Even if it's not something that you're into, you just do what he says to do. He's the head of the church. Come on. And so that's what we support. So we are helping rescue children and women from, from trafficking. 
from human trafficking, sex trafficking, to the glory of God. And we're going to be rewarded for that as a church. But your constant tithing and giving makes that happen. And then there's so many other things that we have to do. You know, we're about to return back to the school, so we have a big bill coming up. There's a lot of other things that we do. We give benevolence. We help people. We bless people. Whatever. So let's just continue. And also we sow into the church of God. We also sow into Lakewood Church, Joel Osteen's church. You know, we want that favor on him, on us. <laughs> so we sow into, into his ministry. I sow personally into other ministries too for my money. And um, so I'm excited about that, you know. And so I want you to be giving and tithing and being faithful just because God is good and he's blessing you. And the Bible says that when you sow, God will multiply your seed sown. And on your screen, you, are, you already see the way that you can give. And I want to encourage you to give. I know somebody said, oh, but I got so many things I want to do for the summer. Honor the Lord first and then do your stuff next. And you will always be blessed. Amen? All right. Amen. God bless you for your gifts. The Lord increase you in Jesus' name. If you're watching and you're not a believer, you, you may have some kind of joy. You may experience some kind of pleasure. Because the Bible says in sin there is some pleasure. But you're definitely living beneath what you could have. And so I want you to receive the, the joy of Jesus by receiving his salvation. And so if you're watching and you're not a believer, you're not saved, not on your way to heaven, say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, you are the God of joy. And I ask you to come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Save me from my sins. Save me from my misery. Save me from eternal damnation. In Jesus' name, I've just prayed. Amen. Woo, come on. Pastor, is that simple? That's simple. If you prayed that prayer out of your mouth and believed in your heart, you've just been born again. You're a child of God. You went from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And you are now what we call saved on your way to heaven. And I know you feel your cleansing, your sins washed away. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. And if you've done that, contact us, email us, text us. Let us know that you've given your life to Jesus Christ, and we will get in contact with you. We celebrate you, and we welcome you to the family of God. All right, when it's church, listen, I, I, I got to get out of here. I know you're ready to go and enjoy your, your hot Christian summer. <laughs> So go ahead and have a good time. Whatever you're going to do, don't just sit in the house and wash clothes and get ready for Monday morning. No, no, no. Go and have a good time. Amen. Glory to God. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. Love you.